welcome in to the Empire Dynasty League podcast. Monday, the 25th of September. And finally joined again. He's back. Firstly, I'm your host, Ben, but back again. Christopher Keane, how are you? Very good. It's good to be back. A little week off, but that's okay. That's all right. Hot, uh, you're back too, which is lovely to see. What do you think of... Our little fill-in from last week, the old Papa Punisher. He sure is little, boys. But he's got a big fantasy mind, doesn't he? He brought some nice intel, some very predetermined information. Very um, very Theus-like, actually. He always comes prepared to these sort of uh, events on the pod. How's he going? He's going very well. We, uh, we were greeted by a guest last week in Papa, and thanks to Papa, I'll, I'll give him another shout-out because these two guys couldn't make it. Last minute he gets the call up and he's there, he's got plenty to share, plenty to say, and uh, I don't know, we must have started something because we've got another guest again, boys. And who is possibly at the door? Welcome into the podcast. Thais. welcome in. Prestige worldwide, worldwide. Welcome to the pod, mate. How are you? Shit. How are you? <laughs> Better than you, clearly. Well, Wait, why are you shit? It's... Tell us why you shit. What's wrong? What's got you down? I'm down in the dumps out the prestige. The team's no good. It's time for some leading teams. Well, well the good the good news is, though, is that you often say that if you have a have a loss during the week, you don't often tune into the pod. So Maybe a good omen that you're actually on the pod, that things are going to turn around starting tomorrow. We'll get to your game a bit later, but she's a genuine uh, toy cost. <laughs> I didn't have it ready to go. <laughs> I'm, no, just, I'm just a little bit, um, I'm just wondering, Thais, that what happened to the Thais of old? You've, you've got a bit of a down, defeated attitude. What happened to the Thais that had these fine words? Well, I won a ring last year, so like, kind of whatevs. Bring back the whatevs, mate. That's what you need. Whatevs. I think the DFF and I need to just have a good compression session with plenty of Reds and plenty of Kristofskis and maybe some Kiss Cam up on the big screen. Yep. The uh, the celebrity of the league, the DFF on the Kiss Cam at the MCG. Congratulations, mate. Hod. Did you call it a compression session, Thais? Is that what you need from the DFF? Yeah. <laughs> you two would compress each other like no other. Always and forever. <laughs> Always and... <laughs> oh, shit. Salute blossoms. Was it a double always and forever? Yeah, I thought it was going <laughs> to... I thought I needed to cut it off. It was a short one. It's a little Romeo dude. That's what they always say about those. Um, but, boys... I think the bigger news is buried, and, and welcome to the pod, Thais, and we're very excited to have you on, but I, I normally would be very excited if just we had a guest on, that would get me up and about, but I'm I'm extra excited for the fact that I get to, can you hear that? It's building, it's like the DFF. Get around it, boys. Cool and the gang is back. Did my internet cut out? Yeah, well, right, it, I called the gang. It doesn't matter because everyone can hear calling the gang is up and about. Boys, this is... I, 
don't know if people realise this. The third time ever in the history of this podcast we've been able to play this. And for anyone who's not familiar, and fair enough because it's been a while, this only comes out if the three of us get a victory and we're at 99%, all three of us. How are you feeling, Hod? You up and about? Well, it's fair to say that I've been a massive contributor to the lack of the call in the game. So it is nice to be a part of it, of a winning brigade. And Keeney won it this time. Last yeah. time he just wouldn't want to be a part of it when the dingers get up. Yep. Yeah, Finally, no, Keeney. Yeah, it's a good point. And look, we do have Thais in the house. So I just hope he doesn't. We haven't gone off early here, boys. Oh, yeah. Spoil the cool in the gang. Can we play it if we've got someone who might not win this week? That's presumptuous. <laughs> presumptuous we're all going to win, but uh, anyway, let's... Uh, I'm sure everyone else doesn't give a shit about the fact that all three of us won, but we do, so, and we run this shit, so whatevs. What are you pointing at, Keeney? <laughs> Thais, did you have something you wanted to add? Yeah, I was getting my lesson right sorted up on the, the Zoom, ah. but I'm good now. I was going to suggest, um, can you guys tee up a song for me going forward when the DFF and I both lose together? Okay, what could it be? Have you got a song in mind? I'll come back to you, oh. Barry. <laughs> I thought you had a... This time, no, 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 come on. Look, I want I want the listeners to build towards something next week. So Actually, when... that's, that's a good suggestion. If anyone's got a suggestion for what song we can play when... The DFF and the Prestige both lose mm. in the same week. I reckon send it through, and we'll uh, we'll sample a few and and we'll pick a winner. Because I have a feeling you might hear it a fair few times. Oh, here we go. This year. <laughs> oh God, emo Thais is out. Going back to my corner. Every newsman in this city's laughing at us, and I don't like it. He's had a couple of low weeks. I think he. Had an off-season where he thought that uh, everything was just going to come nice and easy, and it hasn't so far. You'll be right, mate. Burrow will be up and about. Your entire Bengal offense will get up and about. You'll be okay. Um, all right, league news. Let's start off with a trade that happened last week. So happened between myself and the Straight Cash Homies, or Team Tim84, whatever you want to call him, where saw me getting Mike Evans, Zach Moss, Brian Robinson, and Timos's 26th third, and I gave up, let's just be honest, the players I was going to drop, Richie James, Miles Gaskin, and Salvon Amir, uh, and Timos got... <laughs> He's butchered that. Well, that's how you say it, I'm sure. Timos got the 2026 first, second, and he got two of my 24 thirds. What are our thoughts from this, boys? Well, I think if you go back to a couple of weeks ago, this was flagged. And Hod, you've always said it's a lovely platform just to get a few whispers out there and a bit of grapevine love. I think the Brian Robinson and Mike Evans double was mentioned on that podcast about being very available. And lo and behold, the uh, the host of the podcast comes in and goes, I'll have a piece of that. Thank Can you. It, oh, I'm glad you brought that up. Can I ask you, Hod, did you have any, any news or anything? Because it was very targeted and it was very specific and you happened to mention it. And Timos and I at the time had already been discussing Evans and Robinson. Was there anything behind that comment? Because I remember looking at you at the time thinking, you're taking the piss, aren't you? No, it's just uh, Hod's crystal balls has resurfaced <laughs> many years later. Um, 
No, I think it's fair to say Timos was shopping them around. So maybe you weren't the only one getting an offer for those on the podcast. But uh, I think you did well there, Benny. I think you did a lot better than your Arabic from before. <laughs> that was pretty special. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, Mike Evans is what wide receiver too. Brian Robinson has a clear role where we thought Gibson might be heavily involved this year. And then... My boy, Zachy Moss, Heaney, a bit worried there with JT sitting on the sidelines. He looks awfully familiar to the big fella strolling down behind that O-line. Yeah, no, not too concerned. I think you've hit the nail on the head there with Brian Robinson. Um, I think that's the key to this is that Gibson, he fumbled again today and Mm. he's got a real problem with fumbling and the keys are all his. So I think he's a... You know, he's, he's a genuine RB1 there at Washington and will be for the next few years at least. So I think that's really good value for him in the end, throwing Mike Evans. I think that's a win-win for both franchises. It's interesting to see sort of where Timos is going now with this, if there's some other pieces he's looking to sell or or that's it for him. But, you know, he was 2-0 and at the time and, and made this trade. So interesting stuff. I'm just having a look at this trade there, Benny, and I can't see Alan Lazard's name anywhere. Can you talk me through why he wasn't included? He was offered many times, that's for sure. There was uh, there was a few variations to this trade, but ultimately, I Timos wanted the first. I didn't want to give up the first, and then uh, and I'll jump ahead to some injury news here. Clearly, one of my running backs went down, and I therefore needed to sort of bolster the running back situation. So I kind of pulled the trigger there. But, I mean, it was a perfect storm. I held off a little bit. Evans, Moss and Robinson all had fantastic weeks last week. Um, So their value sort of went up. So I kind of had to pay a bit more. And he knew, obviously, I was um, running back needy. Hod. Can can you confirm that? Was did Did the offer go up after that week too? Yeah. So I think this exact trade... I looked back, was on the table minus the first. I reckon it had the second and the two-thirds, and then his third was out of it, something like that. But I sort of held fire and went, well, you know what? Like at the time, I didn't know. There was a lot of talk about how they were going to use Zach Moss because he was coming back from injury. Still wasn't completely sorted about um, the Gibson-Robinson situation. So it was almost like I watched them all pan out the right way and then paid up for it. I think, um, yeah, I mean, Timos has done a, a great job there. It's the ultimate sell high. Uh, Mike Evans is obviously a superstar anyway and probably will go on to have a good year. Brian Robinson, he had two soft weeks in weeks one and two and then his schedule gets a bit harder. So the game script's always key for Washington and I'm not sure they'll be up too often for him to run as rampant as he did weeks one and two. But... It's a, it is, as Kenny said, we love a win-win with trades on this podcast. Um, but Yeah, we, I mean, my, my team is not super deep in position, so the fact that Chubb goes down with what looks like could be more than a year-long injury, having some form of depth there at, um, at running back just helps that little bit more. And Zach Moss is on a short shelf life, the guy hasn't looked that great everywhere. He's just in a fantastic position right now, but at least Robinson looks like he could hold some value for a couple of years. So, yeah, it's part of it. Um, Let's move on to some NFL news, and that was Cam Akers. We sort of alluded to it last week. 
healthy scratch, had all the writing on the wall that both parties were just not really seeing eye to eye, and then he gets traded to the Vikings. So this instantly, the first thing you have to think of is what impact does this have on Madison? He got finally given the keys to that uh, offense as a running back there and has disappointed or been underwhelming, I suppose, in the first few weeks, and then someone else gets traded in. So what do we think? Well, I'll just jump in because I did enjoy Papa's little comment on Hairmakers last week and he may have slid into Mrs. McVeigh's DMs there, Veronica Croman, I believe. Um, it is very odd what's happened. He, pretty much a year bang on between when he last had this weird situation with Phil McVeigh. But um, how do we see uh, him going at the Vikings? I just think this is no more than a, a for PR from the, from the Rams' perspective. Like, if you have a look at the details of the trade, I think it's a 2026 conditional seventh for a 2026 conditional sixth or seventh or whatever it was. So they just didn't want to cut him after all the song and dance they've been doing about potentially trading him, I reckon. Like, um, I don't have high hopes for him at all, personally, but... Um, yeah, it's just a throw up the dartboard as far as I'm concerned, but I could be proven wrong. I know Steph's very high on the man. What do you do if you're the DFF? Do you do you try and I'll get trade him or do you, do, you keep, do you keep him? I'll go out on a limb here. I'll try and get inside the guy's head. I reckon he's going to hold him. What do you reckon? Yeah, probably right. <laughs> I reckon he's every chance to just maybe yeah. just hold, just see how uh, how it all plays out. Give it, give it three or four years and just see what the lay of the land looks like for Acres. Ah, uh, um, shit. The DFF doesn't part with too many assets. And do we need to revisit that Dev, Duve and Acres for Terry McLaurin in a 21 second? It'd be nice if we knew who that second was. But um, I think Camo did all right out of that trade. Camo then on tra- traded Terry McLaurin for 100 assets. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one for Acres. I do agree with Thais. I think he's... Uh, not going to be of much value moving forward. Yeah, Terry McLaurin's the village bicycle. I think everyone's had a ride. Keeney's had him. Scoot's got him now. So eight more stops. Everyone oh. loves a scary Terry. <laughs> you sure do. Uh, we'll move on to injury news here. And Hod, having you back to get a bit of insight. I did talk about Nick Chubb. Happened after last week's pod. Uh, if you saw the footage or a picture of it, it was absolutely disgusting. Uh, never a good sign when you're watching live and they say, oh, that's uh, he's hurt his knee and we're not going to show you a replay. And as they're saying that, the crowd goes, ooh, collectively. Um, yeah, that was bad. I'm surprised. It's just an MCL is what they've come out with. Uh, I don't know how it wasn't PCL, ACL, meniscus, everything in between because it looked like a full-blown blowout. Yeah, he has got, got off very lucky here, as of you, Ben, because um, he's in an interesting spot with his contract. He's on his last year, so um, whether it's the last year or not, there is no cap hit next year, so they can part with him. He is, he is someone they value very, very highly. I think they will work something to keep him around. He's a beloved man of the Browns, but, um, yeah, very lucky. What you see... Um, often with a dislocation, it looks a lot worse than what it is structurally. So, um, yeah, very lucky to get off with just the one ligament there. They're saying six to eight months, which would be a great result. Um, 
What about Derek Carr, though? This is a significant one for Jake, having the two quarterbacks. Uh, there is... This is an interesting one because he went and got x-rays during the game, which they often do. They have the capacity to do so, but then went to hospital. So that typically suggests there may be a neurovascular component to it. They've got to check nerves and arteries. Um, so there may be a broken collarbone there, but um, it's still believed just to be an AC joint. It'll be a few weeks, but still an odd um, odd one there. Yeah, I, I thought they ruled out collarbone because it definitely looked all the sort of makings of it, the way he got slung around, the way he sort of held himself as he was walking off the ground because uh, that makes it a very, very different type of injury if it's AC versus collarbone there. And it's on his throwing arm as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, look at also just Keeney. I don't know if you picked up on that, but Papa and I weren't going to bring anything close to the pot of... Was it cardiovascular or what, what, oh, no. what was the shit you just ripped out there? Neurovascular. Neurovascular. That, Very that's fancy why boy. That's why they've got the sub vest on, mate, and they're not in the starting eighteen. So that's just uh, that's just the way it is. But as you as you touched on, Hod, just the the impact for Jake's team quickly. I'm sure we'll get to it a bit later. But with the only only two starting QBs on his roster, I wonder what he does here. Um, does he just let the season play out and, and not make a, a rash decision or does he actually go hunting for the QBs? I know, Hod, you've got a few that might be available for, for trade if the right price is there. There's, another, there's a few other teams that have multiple. Ben, you'd be one of them as well, I guess. Um, I wonder if Jake reaches out after oh, off the back of this. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. Does he own his own draft, his first rounder? I don't think he does. He's, he's got, but he's, he does have some picks. He's got, he's got Camo's first rounder. This year, and then he's got a couple or two or three the year after. So he's got some first in the bank. Um, he, he can he's got enough capital to do something if he wants to, but it's just whether he just sits there and and sits things out or plays out. Do do sitting right next to Benjamin right now. Put that phone down, young man. I can see he's already pulling a, a nice juicy trade for some of those future firsts. So uh, eyes on the prize. Don't you look at what I'm pulling, mate. That's uh... and and with uh, the other player on Jake's team, Mike Williams. Yeah. Look, look to be a reasonably significant uh, MCL hot? No, it's uh, believed to be ACL. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And he's a bit older than you think as well. I think he's 29, 30 or maybe 28. Next year. So, yeah. Oh, there you go. 29 yeah. next year. So, not great. Um, well, we never like to celebrate injuries, but I can't help but see a little smirk in the background there from Kenny Powers himself. Uh, he has cute Quinton Johnson, is it? You pick him up in the draft that might uh might get some opportunities sooner than what he's uh maybe suggested because he hasn't done too much so far, Thais. He was a bit of a risk in this draft process, super athlete, but um this might throw him into the ring. Yeah, he's uh more of a long term play, but you know, just like we've seen next man up, so um we'll probably find out sooner rather than later, but all things considered, um, Mike Williams is looking very good in those first two weeks. So hopefully it's nothing too serious because you know, the Chargers got back on track a little bit today and um, yeah, they look very exciting with Justin Herbert kind of all over that Moore offense already. Absolutely. Um, we'll move to Eliminator Pool. So Ooh. yeah, it's just, we got a bit juicy this week. It was a bit boring the last couple of weeks, but five people currently. Just 
holding their breath, waiting for Thais, hopefully to knock off Papa. The Prestige Worldwide there. Two people are on Camo to beat Jim. Two people on Hod to beat the DFF. And one's on me to beat Scoot. I think they can all comfortably sit back and watch those play out. So the five people could be uh, all she wrote in week three. Keeney, based on how you're reacting, you're clearly not one of those five. No, I, uh, I backed in our good man, Hoddick, uh, to knock off the DFF. Always a good strategy, I reckon, to just bet against the DFF. Um, so I'll continue to do that going forward. I've got a question live on the pod for you, Commissioner Keen. Eliminate a pool, five people out if I get done by Papa. Just want to understand... What are the consequences if I was potentially to bench one or more Bengals to eliminate people from the eliminator pool? I don't think you'll do that. I just want to know, though. It'll be stripping of draft picks. Okay. (laughs) Stripping of all kinds, I reckon. Thank you, sir. Oh, goodness. Goodness, yeah, don't entertain that bullshit. Uh, anyway, it will be make for a very exciting game to watch tomorrow. At least uh, me and four other people will be watching very closely. So Ooh. let's move on to the reviews. Let's move forward amicably. First of all, you're throwing too many big words at me. Okay, now, because I don't understand them, I'm going to take them as disrespect. Watch your mouth. And we'll kick it off with the all-wrapped-ups, despite the sleeper algorithm saying 99%. We'll start with the Park City Lions taking on the Bayside Executioners, and I think safely, we can probably say, with a 111-point lead and still Mike Evans to play and Scoot Dunn, I reckon might have this one wrapped up. Uh, Keeney, you uh, had a bit of... Oh, no, sorry, Hod, what did you want to share? I just want to use this time to talk about the greatest show on Turf Boys. Miami Dolphins are the best team to watch uh, in the league right now. It's great to have Dan Marino back in the league. He is the greatest quarterback known to man right now, Tua. And that funky coach that wears those bloody Jimmy Neutron boy genius sunnies, leisure suit Larry lookalike, what's his name, Artie Ziff, you name it. He's got some swagger, this guy, and he's delivering. He's got this offense uh, as dynamic as the Chiefs and what we've been accustomed to seeing. I don't know if it's a Tyreek Hill thing, but it is a brilliant thing to watch and definitely one that I like to circle on the early mornings. Yeah, it's definitely got um, it's got a lot of similarities to the Chiefs in, in terms of how they use speed, how they spread the ball around, the little shovel passes. I love the, the no-look shovel pass into A-Chain today that uh, Tua did, but you've changed your tune a bit there, Hod, because you, you used to think this guy was a dweeb, as you used to call uh, McDaniels. Who's this dweeb with his stupid sunglasses and his parted hair? Uh, now that you've got Tua, now that you tune in, you've, you've just got a bit of a man crush on the guy. I have come around a bit, um, but I also had Tua when he was a dweeb. He just uh, didn't tickle my fancy as much as he does now because he's getting results. Yeah. And I like a coach who is willing to race a cameraman off the ground at halftime. That's just brilliant to watch. He does. He cracks I, me up. I'll tell you what he is. He's cold-blooded, the man, because it was 36 degrees in Miami. He's wearing a hoodie. Like, what is going on? And I'll tell you, the, the thing that stands out is just the speed across the board. 
for Miami. They didn't even have Waddle playing today. And they like let's not let's yeah. not underestimate. They put up seventy points. Seventy. Like it's actually It's like playing up. Madden. You just is, don't it's, stop. It's, it's fucked. Like Hod. Tua's had three hundred passing yards and four touchdowns today. But what if I had told you that Miami had three hundred and twenty six rushing yards and four touchdowns from running backs today? It's just insane. Just an insane day on turf. And uh, if Tua stays healthy, it'd be very interesting to see come the pointy end how the AFC stacks up. Yeah, it will be. And it's fitting that you pointed out the cold-blooded McDaniels man because our great friend, Maher Gaith, this is must be an Arabic-themed podcast tonight because he is <laughs> the only other man that you'd see in Miami, Florida on a 40-degree day with a hoodie on. <laughs> And he is their biggest fan. He would. He'd rock those sunglasses too. Absolutely, oh, he would. He's got it. He's, yeah, a lot of style yeah. about him. I know Thais has got issues before nine a.m. But can you imagine how rock hard Mayer is at the minute? <laughs> My goodness. From three a.m. onwards. I'm actually putting a ban on going to the corner bar with Mayer at the moment because he's just that excited about the Dolphins. I don't want his stiffy poking me eye out. You got to sit in a car ride with him for. 40 minutes. That's brutal. <laughs> Interesting. You you bought that CX-9 as an auto base, and now it's a manual. <laughs> a little stick shift. You'll have to sit in the boot from now on, I think. All right, back to this game. So, yeah, obviously most of, part of that put up a 41. Um, A-chain we'll get to a bit later on Cummins team putting up 49. Just outscored most. You wouldn't think that many people would outscore a 41 burger on, from the same team, but... Uh, a-Chain stuck around for the little junk time extra tutties that they put out there. And, yeah, he looked good. Well, I, I heard on a pod today, someone said it'll it'll be the only time in NFL history that someone scored four touchdowns and wasn't the best running back on the field. Yeah, ridiculous. It was, it was incredible. It was just ridiculous to watch. And it might be the first and only time that some EDL member has a 49 burger on a taxi squad. Oh boy! Absolutely. That's usually a season output from your taxi squad. He just he watched you with Puka on the taxi, and he went, nah, "I can do one better." Puka and a Cooper Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What else, Katie, from this matchup? Ah, uh, well, we've got to go over to the other side. It's uh, a little bit demoralising when your opponent's already 111 points up with a player to go. But it's just probably where to from here for the Bayside executioners. 0-3. The key thing here, boys, is that he doesn't own any of his picks this year. Not a first, second, third, fourth. He's got he's got a couple of seconds in the bank. They're probably likely to be a bit later. But the fact that, you know, he's probably going to be in the in the lottery, definitely. Um, where does he go to from here? Mm. Uh, <laughs> None of us know, me. clearly. Yeah. It's, it, I look through his team. He's actually quite interesting. He's got some decent young running backs, but his team isn't set up for those young running backs now. So I don't know. Does he does he look to flip them? Does he does he be patient with them? It's, it's an interesting interesting roster set up at the minute. Thais, you'd often have, or well, he often has opinions about your roster, Thais. So feel free to return fire here. Well, I was just thinking, could he merge with the DFF? <laughs> And then have a league average roster, potentially. Didn't didn't we used to have a segment 
something around tiny, great minds. Tiny genius minds. That's right. Yeah, that's right. It's all coming well, back. All I know is it's almost a bit of uh, fraud here because he has to maybe sell up shop just like Vale Street because he's still known as the Bayside executioners living in not the Bayside. That's true. It's almost like the Lakers playing in Los Angeles where there aren't lakes. Um, it's the one thing that's to it. Like, I don't know if you saw any of the Panthers game today. It was stupid. Andy Dalton comes in and had 58 passing attempts today. That is the dumbest shit. What, what the fuck are the Panthers doing when they get a backup old bloke in and just go, yeah, our game script is to throw it 58 times. Uh, I actually have some input on this. So you'll enjoy this one, Stats Man. The line didn't change when Bryce Young went out, and that tells you everything about a veteran coming in who can actually execute the offense better than the rookie, so they let him go. And you look at look at the output for the wide receivers. So um, Yeah, I, I enjoyed that feeling. Um, yeah, no, he definitely, despite... You know, not as talented as you probably think as Bryce Young is, but um, he can definitely, uh, his capacity to run that playbook is much better than what Bryce Young's is at this stage. Well, yeah, and he's, yeah. A, he's a capable backup. We saw that with the Saints last year as well. Um, it's interesting, he's sort of fell into Dalton. I don't know how long Young will be out for, but he's got Dalton. He's also got Jameis now, um, who should start for the Saints over the next you'd think next month or so. So he's actually, he's got a few QBs to play with. Maybe he can move Does one on try and to flip, a, yeah. a Jake or something. I don't know. But, yep. Um, there's something there. I'm not hating Dalton playing for the Panthers when he targets Thielen 14 times. It's, <laughs> uh, it's not a bad result from the old bloke. Um, but, yeah, I guess the, the last thing, we'll move on from this game. But, boy, how much did uh, Twitter and everything blow up with, with the Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift news today, did you see any of this shit? Oh yeah, Fucking and I'll tell you what everywhere. else I saw. Tell you what else I saw. What'd you say? Our man Travis, he's a smooth operator. Have you seen how many yards he caught for today? Sixty-nine on the dot. He's there's no <laughs> doubt about him. Get him going, him and T Swizz tonight. Is that why I saw him running backwards in the last quarter? He was on 71 and just took a little two-yard yes. neg. Finished with a tutty before they benched their starting offense because they had that game well and truly wrapped up, and I reckon they kept him around for just a little bit longer for his special guest. Are you saying if he was on 168 yards, he'd do the old Madden quarterback scramble all the way to the back end zone, running around like a mad dog just so he landed on 69 T-Swizzle style? Yes. T-Swizzle style. Hey, I'm not hating it. It's uh, it's actually getting my wife interested in my fantasy team. So keep it up, Kelsey. I'm enjoying uh, Amelia actually taking. She's like, who's this Kelsey guy? I'm like, well, sit down. Have I got some stories to tell you? Uh, we'll move on to the next game here, which is the Grouse uh, defeating the straight cash homies. And currently, as it stands, Keeney, you've got a 45-point lead with Stafford, Godwin, Goodit still to go. And... Uh, Tim Moss has got 2-2 two, two at well. So I guess technically still alive, but it's a very unrealistic situation there. So, um, yeah, Hod, why don't you – what are your thoughts on this? We've got a couple of a couple of them listed here, but anything that you want to add to it? 
Uh, I think I, I like I like Timos sticking to a plan despite the uh, enticement of maybe proving the naysayers of this league who voted very harshly on him from the outset and sticking it up to them and rolling out this squad for the rest of the year. But he has got a plan. He wants to reload in some capacity and he's sticking to it. Um, so I do like that. And it's, well, I could speak for myself here as well. It, it is very daunting looking up at the grouses and the Park City lines of the world and perhaps the prestige when they fire a shot at these 190 burgers. It's going to be hard to compete. Hmm. And Manny, I should say as well. And I think like timing, it's interesting how the league is now. And I think Scoot might have touched on it last year that in probably about 10 years' time, I think this will even out quite a bit. I think we've gone pretty hard pretty early in this league and sold assets and I think a bit of balancing will start to happen. But for the time being, if you're not in right now, you've got to almost just hold on, ride out the storm. And I think for Timos... Like QB's the situation you want to get sorted, and he's got Purdy and uh, Jordan Love sitting there who have looked good already. Um, some nice building blocks, Keeney. Yeah, and just the other one, obviously Kyler Murray. And I think the best thing for today for for Timos is that Arizona looks like they're trying and they're half decent. Yeah. So the story around you know Arizona might end up with pick one and Kyler's in real trouble may be a non-story by the end of it. So. Uh, for him to have that asset as well, really, he's set up nicely. He's got six first-rounders spread evenly over the next three years. Um, so he's, he's building nicely, a bit like Papa. Mm-hmm. And for a bloke that said on a pod when he wasn't wearing any clothes not too long ago <laughs> that he does fantasy one month on, one month off, today he started Calvin Austin and he's ripped out of 14. So he's clearly putting the work in. And I know, Keeney, even though you're going to win by nearly 100, that really rubbed you the wrong way. Do you want to share more on that? No, it's just my history with him. I've I think I've beaten him once in four years, and he starts as soon as he saw. He, so funny you say that because he's he said he, he's on and off, on again, off again. He texts me earlier in the week and goes, "Oh, I didn't realise I was playing you." The snoz is getting a start for sure. <laughs> so if it's not the snoz, it's Calvin Austin just ripping off seventy yard. Tutties. Ridiculous. He must have known, though, that Conklin wasn't in for a big one because he just kept him on the pine. No, he started it. No, he, he didn't, did he? No. Oh, no. He benched he him he was in going to. What a jerk. Hod. Mind games. games. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> increments. Increments. <laughs> we have to take the opportunity to talk about Jordan Love with uh, the prestige on. Um, nice start to the year. It's always hard to back up a Hall of Famer. Uh, sorry, yeah, back up a Hall of Fame and then come in and follow him. Um, I want to get your thoughts on it because I saw a very, very hilarious play today when uh, Jordan Love looked like the lovely Bambi, baby giraffe. Is he a giraffe? Yeah, he's a giraffe. Um, all over the shop on a trick play. Did you see that, Thais? Bambi's yes, a deer. Yes, I did. <laughs> Bambi's not a giraffe. It's a deer. I did. And... Uh... Yeah, that play was early on. It was a fourth down trick play. Um, yeah. And that's what happens when you throw in a practice squad running back in to throw a lateral back to your quarterback. It's fallen nearly a good metre short. So it's bounced. <laughs> he's picked it up and then he's run for dear life, gone to throw it and slipped over just before he threw it. 
It was such a good yeah. play too. It would have clearly been a first down if it was executed. So uh, as a wise man once said, trust the process. Well, I mean, if, if he was a baby deer, he would have been fine. But those giraffes, Jesus. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about the grouse, who's the team that's well and truly in control here. Herbert, firing nicely for you, mate. McCaffrey's just solid, always putting up 20s, which is just fun to have. But uh, Keenan Allen and Adams having monster weeks this week, so 36 and 35 respectively. Keenan Allen had 20 targets, caught 18 of them. Adams had 20 targets, caught 13 of them. So when your two wide receivers get 40 targets between them, you know it's going to be a nice little fantasy outing for you. So you're on track here to put up another 200 burger. You're the only one in that club. Um, It's a very lonely club that you uh, get to go to twice now potentially, and I'm just hoping that I can join the party with you. But how are you feeling about these guys all firing now? Yeah, they're interesting. I sort of... um... They're the type of players that you, you're tempted to throw out there in a trade at, at the start of the year and then you sort of sit back and go, they're actually really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe you're better off just holding them. Um, the, the thing about these two in particular is they've never been that quick. So they've never really had speed. So they're just good route runners that get open consistently throughout their career. So that gives me some confidence that they'll be reasonable fantasy players for a few years to come, even though they are old. Like I think Alan, uh, Keenan Allen's 30. Adams is 30 as well. So um, I think there's, they're obviously still pretty handy and the number one option in their offences. Well, yeah. it's it must be nice because they join some esteemed company, those star receivers that get 20 targets in a game. Um, there's one in LA that seems to... Puka! Puka in a Cooper Cup. He, uh, he seems to demand... <laughs> some targets over there and you have to be a very very good route runner to do that how's the power of the pod like you you heard papa last week you just come on and you can't help but just bring it back to your team no matter what it is we're talking about everyone just feels compelled to bring it back so anyone listening if you want to be part and you want to get your players mentioned more just jump on and start chatting it's easy to do um yeah thanks yeah, I think my team combined for about 20 targets today, so that's just rounding out the loop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Let's uh, let's go to. I think we. I think we're underselling this team, Benny. The next matchup. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I really do. It's the it's the sensible haircuts here against OJ's legal team. Maybe two teams going in in different directions here, fellas. Who knows? But the haircuts are lethal. They're up by 48. They've still got Kyron Williams to go. OJ's legal team with Rashad White. So this one's all, all but over. Um, and I think we've touched on it in the intro, but injuries starting to mount up for, for Jake and the legal team. And it's just interesting to see which way he goes. But as I said, Manny, just it, there's not too many weak links. And, and Thais, you made an astute point off air. Alvin Kamara comes back into the mix for this team as well going forward. So where are we, boys? I, I don't think we're talking about his squad enough in terms of with with the big dogs and, and a genuine, like, one-seed challenger. Yeah, I mean, the biggest injury, obviously, is the Derek Carr one because he's got no depth there. I'm just looking, though, this is the guy who prays to his fantasy gods and shit always sort of falls into place for him. Desmond Ritter's put up a pretty putrid performance today off uh, 200 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, but just put up a lowly six points. I can see them just benching him out of the blue for Heineke and Heineke getting a start and then Jake gets bailed out. 
I think it's a bit early days. I think they will stick it out for at least a month plus with Ritter before they make a decision on that because it was okay last week. But, um, yeah, this is... It's it's worrying signs. And, uh, I mean, we, we mentioned there's a couple of teams, so he could reach out to Scoot. He could try and tease something up there with a Dalton just to get him by, um, depending on how much Scoot's willing to sell for. But, yeah, what what direction does he start to go in? Does he start to sell off some of his assets? We know that he's very good at getting ahead of the curve and selling players... Um, you know, at their height and not waiting for those dips. What do you reckon he's going to do? Uh, I'll go. I had a separate point. Um, that point was just go. Was just quickly. Uh, I was going to talk off the back of your point, Benny, about every year Jake happens to find a McKissick or or someone of the like to go hot in the playoffs. And I think I found him on his bench, boys. He caught a touchdown today. His name is Jake Bobo. <laughs> So uh, watch out for Jake Bobo come week 15, 16, and 17. You heard it here first. Yeah, this has got a, a Braxton Berrio sort of setup with the Bobo. But uh, if I can bring it back to, I think, where the segue Kenny was going with was, let's talk about Manny and the sensible haircuts. And Ben's just ranted about the OJ's legal team. It's true, I um, There is not many weak links for Manny. Uh Geno Smith, we talk about his quarterback room, the abundance of shit. Uh, but Geno is sitting pretty up the top. That offense is going to be fun um, all year. So if he can stay upright, um, he's just got that wide receiver room is well documented. But the Kenneth Walker, you're adding Kamara in. Uh, does he have Miles Sanders as well? Yep. Yep. Yeah, so it's um, who's who's one of the um, he hasn't turned it on yet, but he's getting mass opportunity with Carolina, so um, he's well and truly a contender to you three fellas. Um, so yes, very good points there, Keeney. I think you might be just as you do taking the limelight off yourself, but uh, he's right in the mix. Yeah, and I'll go again. I think um, Deshaun Watson. Now he's arrived at the sensible haircuts. He definitely had his best day as a Cleveland Brown today, 27 to 33. And I think um, for someone that not too long ago didn't have a lot of depth outside of the wide receiver, uh, sorry, the, yeah, outside of the wide receiver position, he's got some running backs there that he's picked up off waivers and through trades. And he's got Christian Watson and Kamara coming back, some quarterback depth. So he's going to be a handful. And this is exactly why I didn't pick him in my division. What do you reckon the... Um... What do you reckon the talk was that Manny gave Deshaun before he traded him into the organisation? It would have been, he would have told him to straighten up a bit, get a more sensible haircut because he has pulled out one of his best games since becoming a Cleveland Brown. Couldn't Camo clearly couldn't get the best out of him. Um, so maybe he's, he's a bit of a QB whisperer. He talks Geno out of absolute nothingness into relevance and now maybe Deshaun just creeping back up to relevance again. He's a special man. He's smarter than all of us, isn't he? Yeah, he sure is. And uh, I thought there was only one QB whisperer in this league, but maybe there's two. Yeah, he is, he is smarter than us all. He's richer than us all. And he has the best haircut of us all. So he will be a very uh, key piece to this league at the pointy end for sure. And Keeney, you said it at the start of this matchup here. Is this, uh, is this a changing of the guard, do you reckon? Is this... Jake just 
maybe starting to take a step back and Manny starting to take a step forward and create a bit of separation in this division? Well, yeah, I, I sort of think so. Whether whether um, Jake still gets the playoffs, you'd probably still think he's his favourite too. But, you know, Manny's only ever played in one playoff game in this league and I just think his team's ready to roll. He's been very vocal about, I'm not going to sort of go all in with and add running backs and add pieces uh, until I think I'm ready. And I think he's proven that he's, he's ready to roll. He's in it to win it this year and beyond. Um, and I think, as we've touched on, he's a, he's a huge chance. And one thing yeah. I will say to Jake is, um, you know, he's kind of copped it a little bit on his pod. A few people thinking maybe he's going in the opposite direction. But from one champ to another, we need to get around each other, mate. We know that the grand final isn't in week three. It's in week 17. So uh, keep your head up and uh, we'll see what happens, eh? I'm uh, I'm calling an official complaint here, Keeney, against another division member. I'm just looking at Matty's lineup. He's got Davis Mills sitting on his taxi squad. What a bunch of bullshit this is. Mm. I saw this today, Ben. Draft point by you. Draft picks. That's uh, yeah. Might you, have to think about draft you picks. You called this out here. That is, he's some some serious roster manipulation going on. That's, I mean, you've got enough QBs. You can drop one of the pieces of shit just to get Davis Mills off your taxi squad, surely. Anyway, that's just go hard. Um, you said changing of the guard, and I think you might have seen boys that the champ champ is now the champ champ champ. Because he did, uh, congrats to Jake, he took home the under-19s premiership flag on the weekend. And maybe he's just content now. He's a triple premiership player, coach, general manager, whatever you want to spin it. So this may be the change of the guard. Yeah, he's he's got interest in other areas, potentially. Uh, and congratulations. That's I'm sure he's probably going to continue his bender all the way through to grand final weekend. Well, maybe Jake merges with Scoot. So that way Scoot gets the merge. Doesn't have to be with the DFF after all. There you go. Yeah, I like it. Uh, speaking of. Yeah, go. No, speaking of the DFF, that's. Well, that's, that's true. Uh, My man. We got Your the, man. The Dingers and the DFF in another 1% of matchup, and Dingers just getting it done right now. 31-point lead with AJ Brown. Your Puka Cooper Cup Nakua whatever name you gave him, still to go versus Jonathan Swift and uh, Tyler Boyd there. So, uh, yeah, look, we've, Dingers, you got it strapped on this week. You're building, you're growing, you're bulging. What else? What other adjectives can we give the Dingers right now? You, uh, you look very happy over there. Standing to attention. Well, the Dingers usually do leave someone happy, and in this case, it's me. The Dingers done good. They done real good. Um Look, we, we started off pretty unfortunate, I'd say. We we uh, found the end zone eight times collectively between 20 players, including quarterbacks in weeks one and two, and we've had seven this week with two superstars to go. We could outscore the whole season in one week just for Tuddy. So it's nice to see a little bit of a correction there. But, um, yeah, still very daunting looking up to you blokes. Well, uh, yeah, no, it's always going to be fun when you've got Tua. Yeah, oh, I think that when Richardson comes back, that's going to be a fun combo to have Richardson and Tua rolling out each week. Like, very, very high upside, and watching their highlights is always going to be entertaining for you. So, 
It's a good, solid foundation to be starting on. What, what about your boy Puka Nakua? Odd. There, there's been some wild trade transactions going on on the Twitterverse around this bloke, getting first rounders after two weeks. What are your thoughts there? Would you ever entertain something like that? Um, it's a very good point you bring up uh, because I think you rolled him out week one um, or just being an owner, you saw what happened and then you thought, well, this is probably an outlier. And then to back it up again, he's joined some elite stats and there comes a point where I think if someone does that, it's typically because they're super talented. He was super talented, but came from a small school. Uh, I obviously did some research. Keeney to want to offer you a 2026 third in the heat of the moment. Um, so he will be staying because I do think when, if Cooper Cup comes back, this is a concerning hamstring. Um, but even if he does, I think he has proven he will have a role in that offense um, for this year and obviously beyond, depending on what Cup does. My question was going to be around, um, yeah, let's say Cooper Cup comes back week seven um, and Nakuka Nakupa Kappa goes on to have good success, maybe not as successful as the first two weeks, but, you know, like kind of wide receiver one numbers. You'd be at a point there where you'll either be looking to get rid of him for max value or kind of hold, like, because that week seven, eight, nine will be very interesting and we've kind of seen people in the league sell high and sit on him and with mixed results. So uh, we will be watching, mate. Yeah, no, it's a good point. And, yeah, it there is definitely a tier gap um, with the top echelon of this league. But the beauty is he's a first-year player. So if, if it isn't my time now, uh, there is no rush to move in. Yeah. Um, but it's encouraging what he's done so far. And, you know, fantasy is supposed to be fun. So when you find someone in the third or fourth round and they turn out to go on this trajectory, it's really hard to um, to just see it like a transaction and you know, try and take the value. You kind of want to see it out and get that reward because you weren't expecting it. So um, no, no, I hope he continues on that because uh, then it might make the Rams sneaky interesting in the back half of the year. Well, just some things are meant to be. Like, I love having a puka in the dingus. It's just how I... <laughs> like rolling out this squad and if you play your cards right you can get a chub too if you want well, well uh let's let's talk about the other bloke we can't talk about you for for too long hod but we know this bloke he's he's got a particular style about him when he drafts a player and when he gets a player into the organization he likes you know a certain skin tone and he's just rolled out kenny the commit the Kincaid, he's gone with the K. Uh, he's gone with a combo there, I should say. I won't maybe put those three letters yeah, together. Uh, yeah, is, I was going to say there was there was a, a sort of clan that formed back in the eighteen seventies, but this could be the twenty twenty three version of this clan. <laughs> Old uh, Kenny Komet and Kincaid, the Triple K, as we'll call them. Um, what what um, what sort of Nasho are they all running? <laughs> oh, very Anglo, I'd yeah. imagine. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. the confidence to roll out Komet and Kincaid, just the dual tight end, it's a rare combo, um, you know, for a combined four catches and 25 yards. That's that's what you want across two players. So, keep keep DFFing. 
I just love the spin on this because I'm reading Pimet and Kincaid and then I'm going, pick at Kenny. Speaking of pick at Kenny. Pick at Kenny. Boy, did a, a little stoush start up in our chat today. Oh, yeah. um, just between really two people. No one else had an input other than the two of them and some Twitter uh, little screenshots just firing back and forth. But Kenny Pickett... Uh, it was funny because he was currently playing and every time he did something positive, it just you just knew it was coming on the chat. But put up a decent game today, 235 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, more importantly, and and uh, started a bit shaky but actually sort of had a decent finish there and got the win most, most importantly because I think that was the stat that the DFF was rolling with when comparing him to someone like Justin Fields is that it's all about the wins in the NFL, and that's going to, you know, keep you around a bit longer in real life. Well, you got to love the passion between these two, and quite often they'll have a go at each other, and they'll throw out the little fishing emoji or the fishing gif, and say, "Ah, oh, you know, fishing for response." But they're both going back and forth; they're both getting sucked <laughs> in more than more than the other. So, I think they're both just really passionate about their own man, and uh, there's there's some genuine rivalry here between. Two of the lesser lights in the league at the minute. It's Henschke time, boys. Surely. Put your money where your mouth is and stop complaining in the group chat because no one cares. It's a bloody good shout, that is. But we will if there's Henschke's. Are you putting Henschke's on the line or suggesting for Pickett Kenny up against Justin Fields, Thais? I'm suggesting. I've uh, I've backed the DFF in a Henschke bet before and I did not fare well, so uh, I'll be happy to watch from the sidelines. It's Wouldn't a, that be something? It's a straight-up easy bet for them to make. Just from You could almost say from this point on, let's, let's discount the weeks that have been. They're very confident about what they're talking about. From this week on, just who gets the most fantasy points would be a fascinating watch. Well, I don't think you even need to because uh, Pickett's on 38 and Fields is on 39 this well, year. So let's just, let's just go. Perfect way most, to start. Most fantasy, most fantasy points for the season. Yep. Three weeks again, it's a tie. Who cares? Let's go. Love it. Put in a minimum games play. And we know and for good. a fact that right now these two are listening and they're probably sitting there thinking about how they can get out of actually getting into another bet. But enough. Don't put another post in our chat about these two bloody players unless you're going to back it up with something for the rest of us to get excited about. If they're listening right now, where are you, boys? <laughs> I can't see you anywhere. I'm talking to future Ah, to the future listeners out there. Um, all right, we, let's let's move on, shall we? Or? Before we do, we seemingly talk about it most weeks, but I think we need to once again address old... Actually, no, we'll address him later. Sorry, I got a bit mixed up there. I was going to start talking about Justin Fields, but we can do it later. Do it and, later. Uh, we can do it later. Apologies about that. Uh, well, we'll just say really, really quickly, uh, the Jets obviously always have to be tied to the DFF because he's got Zach Wilson, but the things are boiling over there. It's not looking good for the Jets. Brees Hall has another disappointing week. 12 carries this week, but only puts up a 3.2. That's Shit's got to change there because uh, it's getting out of control. Next game. Yeah. So you're telling us there's a chance. This is, look, a slight chance here to the... Uh, the Stallions, we shall say. What is it? a 4% I think they've given them? No, 12 <laughs> Even better. 12% chance currently to the Stallions who are taking on the San Diego Demons. And as it stands, Demons with a 36-point lead. Joe Mixon, Devonta Smith still to go. 
But on the other side here, Jim has Jalen Hurts, Tyler Higby, and Kenny Gainwell. Uh, Jalen obviously could close that gap pretty quickly, and then you've got to hope that the others sort of stay on par with Mixon and Devonta. So there's there's a world where uh, game script could work in Jim's favour here, but how are we seeing this one? Well, we're going to need some rushing tutties from Jalen to make this competitive because obviously with Devonta Smith, that sort of blocks him out a little bit, but you just never know. 36 is is manageable. Who knows? Um, yeah, interesting. I think the main talking point here, Thais, just Devin A-Chain put up a 40. Was it 49 in the end? Yeah, Six all time. Six all time. I don't think many uh, have, have cracked the 50 barrier. If you have, you've got to be a pretty special type of running back hod. Big Seps maybe did it. But just on the uh, taxi squad, unbelievable. He's he's in the lineup next week, isn't he? Uh, the old point chaser. Come on. Thoughts? Yeah, 100% he is. He's not sitting on that taxi squad. He's going to score three. What, uh, what do they do when Jeff Wilson comes back? Uh, I think he's gone past Jeff, hasn't he? I, I just, I don't, you just don't know no? what... Well, you felt like that last year between Mostert and Wilson one way or another, and then the next week they just flip it around. They just love to use as many different people as possible. So I think it's going to get really murky when all three are firing because they all have very high upside and potential. He might be the goal line back, maybe, but they score that many times it doesn't matter really. Yeah, well, (laughs) you would have argued that you can't sustain an offense with two 40-plus scoring running backs, but they did today, so that's not going to happen every week, but very nice. You also heard out of the draft that you know this was a real strong fit for what Miami's run uh, attack is like and the speed, a, a really strong fit for Miami. And as, as advertised, I think he's got some serious speed um, and a serious weapon and a nice pick there from Camo, I think. Well, was it 201 in the end or was okay. that one in the draft? He took him in the opposite order just because I predicted that he was going to take him, I think. So it was either the last pick of the first or the first pick of the second. And very, very early days, but we like to pump up Camo. He's, uh, he hasn't had many goes at the draft, but it's nice of him to uh, have a go last year. And looks like he's – even that old Sharps was pretty nice today as well. So oh, was how was the run into the end zone? <laughs> the defender genuinely looked like he got hadoukened out of the way. It was fantastic to watch. Uh, Jim's lineup. We've just gone over this lineup here. And Keeney rightfully pointed out, Tank Dell – he got to go. Uh, I think he he must have got excited when Papa said that he's found someone there in Tank because he got the promotion straight away and he outdid himself from last week and had a very nice game, 145 yards and a touchdown, which is nothing to uh, sneeze at there. But he's the only player on Jim's starting roster that Jim drafted in. Everyone else has been <laughs> traded in <laughs> from his starting roster today. That is a feat in itself. Um from top to bottom there. So, yeah, very – I mean, the guy loves to trade clearly, but that's uh, that's crazy. That is a crazy start. Sure is. As much as they don't like each other, they're natural trade partners, aren't they? Jim trades all the time and the DFF doesn't trade at all. So they might just kind of balance each other out. You, you're really going for a merger. Merger. <laughs> big on this merge. Trade mergers and alliances. Oh. Fitzroy Thais I was going to say, is it because Brisbane are in the grand final? You've you've been inspired? Get up, Brizzy. Get fucked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, um, it's a shame, boys, that Jim doesn't have more picks in the draft. 
Because at the 402, you get Tank Dallin, who, yes, he's tiny, but he's already put up some serious numbers in in what, an offense that maybe is better than what we think. Game script is going to suggest they pass a lot. Um, and this, just quietly, is a man who led all of college football in yards and touchdowns in the last two years. It doesn't get talked about enough. That's not an easy feat at all. It's something like 29 touchdowns and 3,000 yards. Um, just played for a smaller school. So Jim did his homework when he's uh, at a draft and doesn't um, have an episode. He's not too bad. <laughs> and after CJ Stroud got drafted, he he vouched for Tank Dell, kind of said to the GM, I want him on my team. And he got picked on day two. So... Kind of liked him from early on and, and they're really forming a connection. There you go. And if you listen enough to Jim, well, he, he'll tell you the values of fourth round picks are always there. So another proven case here for the Jim City Stallions. But Hod, I'm just getting And look, without being disrespectful, he was in the granny last year, the great man. But for me, it's turning into a little bit of a two-man race here in this divvy. The, de- the demons are looking strong. The dingers are... Bloody coming, bulging and coming and whatever you want. But wow, we, do you agree with that? Do you think this is starting to look like a little bit of separation in this divvy? I know what you're trying to do, boys. You're trying to split up the greatest division in world sport and it's just not going to happen. We're both going to be one and two after this week. Uh, got a bit of work to do to get back up to the man, the myth, the Cummins and the DFF trailing a little bit behind. But... Um, no, it's well and truly a three-horse race or a one-horse at the moment with two vying for a hopefully a wild-card spot. So, uh, no, I, until Jim's not in the finals, which he continues to do, I will not knock him. And just before we move on from um, Devon A-Chain, I was just having a Twitter scan, and the six fastest ball carries in a game this year are all by Miami Dolphins. So Tyreek Hill's had three, Raheem Mostert's had one, and Devon Chain's had two. It's just insane. You love to have the QB. <laughs> <laughs> love a bit of speed in Miami, don't they? Um, let's move on to our final game here, which thankfully there's another one, boys, and this is in a category all of its own. The category... Absolute toying cost. And the toying cost of a game is the Punishers taking on the Prestige Worldwide. And who would have thought at the start of the year when one in the off-season was in full-blown championship contender mode and the other was in full-blown tank mode that we are going into a uh, Monday night football matchup where it currently stands the Punishers hold an 18-point lead with Cade Otten still to go. And Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, potentially burrowless Chase and Higgins. So that could, you know, just add a little bit more tension to this. So I've just got here that there is an awful lot riding on this Cincy game from a NFL standpoint, but more importantly, from an Empire Dynasty League standpoint. If this is an upset, Thais, what, what's your outlook for the season here? Owen 3. Well, first off, this isn't an absolute toying cost because what have you seen in two and a half weeks that would suggest that that equation there is going to favour the Cincinnati Bengals and the prestige worldwide? Nothing. They've let down in week one. They've let down in week two. They've let down so far this week. If Barrow plays tomorrow, 
I think he might play. I think um, he's going to manage that calf and it's not going to be great for a while. He'll probably hurt himself again and we'll get rolled. And Kate Otten's going to have a bloody career day tomorrow. Things are not going well down at the Prestige. So I think um, we'll see what happens tomorrow. But ultimately, I'll be shooting for points if, if I was to get done tomorrow. So wild cards, I'll be fighting out whoever's in that five, six, seven range. And, and hopefully, we can steer the ship. But it's a, it's a tough week, one week at a time. Um, 0-2, staring down the well of 0-3. And... and um, I know Papa's Punishers cannot get enough of listening to this right now, so enjoy it while it lasts, my friend. He did call it on the pod last week. I said, where's his win going to come from? He said, next week. Watch it happen. <laughs> he <laughs> Look spoke at it, it into existence. Look at it. Oh, there is a world, boys, where if the Browning rolls out, uh, throwing to Chase and Higgins, who knows what that dishes up, but you'd expect him to bounce back at some point. But Kate Otten... Philly are the worst team against tight ends. This could be a nice little PPR session for Kate Otten. He's due for a tutty. Hasn't had one this year, but he's getting a lot of opportunities. You're sweating there, Thais. You're just setting yourself up for the old reverse moz, but I think you, I think that's legit sweat. It would be fantastic if someone rolled out the triple A tight end day and got a win because he's already rolled out Laporta and Ferguson. And how's that gone for him? It's gone very no, very go. nicely. 84 yards and a touchdown and eight catches to Laporta. What a game from him. I'll be back with you, boys. I'm just putting a, a multi on tomorrow for Kate Otten to there score. There you go. Classic Thais mode, just <laughs> going the uh, reverse moz. But you spoke before about don't trust these uh, projections. Minshew scored 13. His projection was 12. Josh oh, Allen's was wrong, wasn't it? projection was 21. He scored 21. Still that, was, right. that was pretty accurate. They're not too far off. Pod. Can I uh, throw another little something out there? When we're talking currency, we may as well do some comparisons. Kyle Pitts is a concern, a big one. But he's still up the top of that dynasty tight end list because of how old he is. But Sam Laporta has come out. He's another Iowa product who have produced tight end after tight end. Who would you have higher in the dynasty rankings moving forward? Can you jump Laporta up that high where he's in the top five moving forward over the likes of the Kyle Pitts? The hardest thing is Pitts has never had a QB, you could argue, in his short career so far. So there's so much potential and upside there. Yeah, I mean... It's a good point. He's had a nice start to his career, an 8, an 11, and a 22. He's building very nicely, and they love they love to pass the ball around there. So I still think that Pitts has it, but, but how long can that um, potential value that you talk about with Pitts last for it? It's, it's running out. I, I agree. It all comes down to talent versus situation, and... You know, in Dynasty, it's you buy low on the talent and you sell high on the situation. But I think Laporta might be a bit of both. Um, but, you know, like Tim owns Pitts. What's he going to do other than sit on him and hope he turns it around? And Papa owns Sam Laporta. And who knows what he does with him. He's got all those picks. Um, but, yeah, the things are looking up for him. is I think, a clear number two target at the moment. Jamison Williams' status is up in the air. 
Um, so we'll have to wait and see, but he's definitely off to a good start. He did catch a wide open 45-yard tutty today. So take that out, and he scored 9 or 10, and he's really averaging 9 or 10 in the first three weeks. But definitely a good start. Uh, and also, we don't underestimate, underestimate how hard it is for a rookie tight end to actually produce a new one either mm. as well. I, I just think, like, he just looks really athletic, and obviously he is, but he, he just looks the part already in year one. So uh, I'm with you, Ben. Like, unless they change QB in Atlanta, it's still going to be a little bit jury out. Um, not jury out, but as you said, Thais, an, an ordinary situation for him going forward. I think they will address that eventually. Um, it's just a matter of when. Because they just invested too much draft capital into him mm. to not use him. It's just mm. ridiculous. But mm-hmm. anyway... Now, we, we were going to throw to you, Thais, to get your thoughts, but I feel like you kind of already did get those frustrations out there towards the projections and how down on this matchup you are. Um, what are you hoping, obviously, that Burrow plays, that Chase and Higgins have some okay games, potential for touchdowns? Are you just hoping that Kate Otten doesn't do much tomorrow? I don't really give a flying... Toss bag what Kate Otten does tomorrow. He's in the same game multi now. So, but no, I think for me, it's whether I win or lose tomorrow isn't really going to change my outcome. I don't think. Um, what you want to see is the Bengals return to what they've been in years past. And I don't think I'm carrying a player at the moment that's achieving or exceeding expectations. Maybe Bijan Robinson um, was a bit quiet today, but he started off well. But every other player's. You know, been a letdown really um, in some shape, way, or form, and so yeah, just one week at a time. It's a yeah. DFF quote, right there. So many cliches you could throw in that one, but uh, well, uh, let's uh, let's finish with what do we think? What what's Fields? We spoke a little bit about him. What's his what's he worth? What's his value currently as it stands? Because you can talk uh, real life wins, you can talk stats that he produced last year. He's really a very good running back at this point. Yeah, it's it's. I think we've touched on it almost each week of each pod this year, but it's an interesting position to be in with him at the punishers in a in a team that's building around him, and the um, the domino effect of if that if that falls to shit or not. Um, he's clearly a piece that you know. I think CJ Strauss looked excellent. Um, you know, Bryce Young's going to be fine. Um, it's just Fields was his value this time at the start of the year was astronomical, and now after three weeks, and everything's gone wrong for them. It's just, uh, I suppose he has to hold him. But um, is there is there a, an abort button that you'd press here if you if you pap up? Yeah, it's um, it is a little concerning. Uh, I think last week was a very unusual post-game presser. He almost came out and blamed the offensive coordinators and then retreated very, very quickly in the change room after. Um, That's never a good sign. That's coming from a serious place of doubt. And then to come out this week and look very, very similar with um, a really low percentage, completion percentage, low yards. Um, And I know Papa threw out there today in the stoush that it's one of the worst wide receiver groups in the league. DJ Moore and Darnell Mooney is not one of the worst receiving groups. The offensive line might be a concern, but I just don't buy that, especially with the 
you know, baby Gronk, Hulk met in there as well. Uh, I, I don't buy into that he doesn't have the receivers. They went out and got DJ Moore uh, for him, and it's just not paying off at the moment. But last year, week six, he was ordinary, turned it around. So who knows? And I don't know what he's worth. That's, um, that's one-third of the clan. That you just referenced there. Um, the the worry here was that they lost forty one ten, and he had ninety nine yards passing. And it's always been the knock is that, you know, the game script was clearly there today, and his passing is just not at the not at the level. The other big issue is what we didn't foresee at the start of the year was that Chicago could be in the Caleb Williams talk, and this is a genuine possibility now. So we did knows? foresee that. I don't know if we thought they were number one pick bad. We put it on the record. It was thrown out there. This could be a possible scenario. Bayes. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, yesterday I listened to um, the Jam Street podcast with Michael Lombardi, and the first 20 minutes they spent talking about Justin Fields, and um, it's pretty eye-opening stuff. I mean, you either for him or against him based on you know, the information you've acquired so far, but just a lot of points around he's just not evolving as a passer and um, it's really interesting to listen if you're invested in whether you believe in him or not. Um, yeah, just very interesting and I think to Hod's point there, they got that first round pick from the Panthers, I think as a bit of an insurance play in case it didn't pan out and three weeks in, it's far from panning out. So um, I have to wait and see what happens but like that locker room I think is taking a hit week on week. Mm. I, yeah, I, I reckon the comparison needs to still be with the DFF and the punishers here, but not between Kenny Pickett and Fields. It's got to be between Zach Wilson and Fields, doesn't it? They're, <laughs> they're virtually the same player when it comes to passing. Let me just quickly reel out some stats for oh, you. No. 4,539 oh, no. yards to Fields, 4,332 yards to Wilson. Uh, 26 touchdowns to Fields, 22, 17 touchdowns, sorry, to uh, Wilson, so a little bit worse. 22 interceptions to Wilson, 24 interceptions to Fields. Um, yeah, just about the same type of passer rating there. So you've got two players in positions where, like you just mentioned there, Thais, the the team and the players around them, they've only got so much patience and there's only so much losing. I think, I can't remember which player it was, came out and said, all I've done is lose Pretty much. Oh, actually, no, that was Denver. I'm getting yeah. confused with teams now. But yeah. either way, you you can't you can't sustain um, losing for too long. But you just reminded me that last year Justin Fields went into Foxborough and handily beat a Bill Belichick defense, and we've seen Zach Wilson just shrink against him multiple times. So maybe Justin Fields is winning for now, but um, plenty of games to go. Well, I'll tell you when Zach Wilson doesn't shrink. Where's <laughs> the comparison between Fields and Zachy Boy of how many MILFs that he's pookered? <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's finish this with, boys, just get a fucking bottle bet on so we can stop talking about this and move on to the power rankings. That's the power of And uh, we are back with the power rankings here, and thanks to everyone for getting your selections in again. And we have uh, we've adjusted accordingly based off your thoughts. And let's uh, I'll start off with with the bottom couple here. How do we do it with four? Is that three each? Is my maths right there, Keeney? Yeah. Hey, hey, 
Who would think that I teach children? Uh, 12th, the DFF just moving down two spots with a one and two record. They were 10th last week. They're 12th. Uh, they're just building, bro. They are just moving in the wrong direction. And DFF, I picture you as my dark horse. Fucking do something, please. Pull your finger out. Do something about it. Um, Papa's Punishers, they've just been a bit of a mainstay here. They're 0-3, so there you go, DFF. You've got to win. He doesn't, but he's still ahead of you in the power rankings, and that's what the league thinks there. And at number 10, moving down a spot from number 9 is the Bayside Executioners, also at 0-3. Hod. Uh, yeah, well, I'll kick us off with number nine. It's um, it's good to see, and probably the biggest correction of these rankings since last week's disaster um, from the league, though. So we all put it in there. Um, the Dingers up to nine from twelve. Just leave that one. Rising twelve. Uh, Jim City Stallions hasn't moved. One and two, number eight, and the Straight Cash Homies. At two and one. Very. Number seven. Very, very interesting. And I just, it'd be remiss of me not to mention that the current 12 seed, the DFF, is actually the lowest max points for. So when we're talking about the lottery, he'd be the uh, number one highest percentage. That's, just to put that in context, he's having a red hot cracking year four. Papa's openly tanking and he's still coming last. So keep building, bro. Number seven, let's go. Well, you've already done number seven, haven't you? Let's go to number six, Prestige Worldwide. Bit of a fall from grace here. Big game tomorrow, Thais. Not really, as you said, because it's all about max points four, and that's the beauty of that uh, little setup. But uh, OJ's legal team sitting at five. Maybe a touch fortunate to be up the rankings here for mine. I don't know how that's worked, but the champ champ has got history, and uh, I think all... Uh, members would be concerned if he's in the playoffs because he has some unbelievable fantasy McKissick options up his sleeve. And number four is the San Diego Demons. They're coming with a charge. 3 and oh, the Demons. Just, just going about this business nicely. No issues there. So uh, strong. But he's dropped Thais. down. He, he's dropped down from the uh, top three. So, Thais, tell us who's moved their way up into the top three. Yes, number three is the sharpest haircut and the smartest man and the richest man in the league, and that is the Johnny Unitas haircuts. Number two point of contention in the pre-pod discussion tonight with max points for and strength of schedule and all sorts of different things taken into play, but we have gone with the grouse at number two. Which means for your, <laughs> which means for the second week running, your number one team, the Park City Lions. Wowee. and that's exactly what it says on the sheet, doesn't it, Keeney? In yeah. red pen. Yeah, In red pen. <laughs> it's an interesting decision. Nah, look, when it's all said and done at the end of this week, I will have more points than you, Keeney. So that's. <laughs> that's how it rolls, and you've just got to deal with that. And uh, power rankings are always a fantastic way to just get people pissed off in this league, and we will continue to do it because uh, it gets everyone excited. And Thais, you haven't been very excited about your uh, 
your fantasy week in the first few weeks of this season, but it will build. You'll be like the DFF and you'll have something to cheer about. I don't know what he actually cheers about, but he's got something to cheer about. Um, and you'll turn a corner. I reckon it will be okay for you, but very exciting uh, matchup to watch tomorrow to see how it all unfolds. And I'm looking forward to how that eliminator pool, if it just narrows the field there and almost almost halves it in one fell swoop. Well, actually, we've lost two, so it would halve it um, in just one game there. So very, very exciting, and I hope you do just squeak a win there so I can stick around in the eliminator pool. Yes, it will be good viewing. Uh, you've been very nice uh, tonight, Benjamin. Hod, you've been outstanding. It's great to have you back. Your knowledge of all things life, NFL, medical, trivia, clans from the 1870s, you name it, it's outstanding. And Thais, thanks for uh, coming on. Also an outstanding effort. And just before I go, Benny Parker, mate, we meet in a McDonald's uh, kids' room every uh, September at the 200 Club. So if you do happen to join, there's a dinner there waiting for you, a little happy meal, me, me and you, maybe we play with the toys, who knows, but hopefully someone can join me. Hopefully it's you tomorrow. Can't wait. Ayas, it just clicked. Are you in the doghouse? Why are you in Melbourne East? Nanya. Nanya business, Nanya. It was great to be back, boys. Um, always good to talk to you all. It's uh, been a great start to the year. <laughs> and I I always like following Papa. Because Papa comes in and he sets the stage and it just makes it easier to follow him because he thinks he knows what he's talking about, but I, I'm just not convinced he does, boys. Podcast over now.